<laughs> You're saving that laugh. Sorry. No, you caught me off guard. I wanted to hold it in, but I couldn't. It's me. a I good way to start. We're not editing that at all. All right, that's fine. Welcome to another episode of the DNA Airwaves. My name is D. I'm here with my partner in crime, Anthony. How you doing? Happy as always, man. Good, good. How you doing? Glad to hear it. I'm okay. Can't complain, bro. Good, man. Today we're joined by the founder of Run the Flex, or one of the founders of Run the Flex. One of the founders. Aaron, yeah. how you doing today? Aaron, nice to meet you, and thank you for joining nice to meet us. Y'all. You got scared well, of the last name? Me. You got scared of the last name, D? Aquino <laughs> Anobil. Yeah, you got it. Is that really? Don't, don't ever test yeah. me, Anthony. I know, don't I know. You could know. say you could say Aquino, or you could say Aquino. Okay, okay. One of the two. It's okay, still okay. I would never okay. test you, D. I know you're a lyricist and uh, linguist. <laughs> lyricist. <laughs> you got it covered, man. You're a wordsmith. All right, all right. Fair cool, enough. man. And okay, wordsmith, and we have dancer. I don't even want to put it. Can you fill me in here? What else do you do? Founder, dancer, dancer choreographer, choreographer, educator, educator, you know, okay. artist, artist. Okay, cool. So transparency. Sometimes we like to come into these things like over prepared with information. And sometimes it's just a lot yeah. of fun to come in and just have like a basic understanding of what you do and sort of learn uh, through this conversation. So that's the approach we took today. And I'm looking forward to just kind of hearing about your journey. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about, I want to shout out the studio first. Uh, maybe just tell yeah. us a little bit about that, and then we can maybe jump backwards or see where the conversation goes from there. So sounds good. Uh, my wife and I and our third business partner, her name is Lisa, we opened up a hip-hop dance studio in downtown Toronto. It's called nice. Run the Flex. You know, you got to have that okay. Toronto slang in there some way, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, don't know. You don't and, know. And, you know, we only focus on... Technically, we are one of the few studios in Toronto that focuses strictly on the street styles and hip hop itself. Um, okay, and also right. trying to bring that flavor back to downtown. Because I think mm. there's so many studios that are very like commercial based or choreography right, based, okay. but like you need a spot that needs to have like that street, that hood style, like that hood flavor. So mm. we became the one to do so. Um, Nice. Literally, I'd say Run the Flex started about five years ago. We started off as just a beginner program. And during the pandemic, one of our students decided, like, just gave us a question and asked if we wanted to open up our own studio. And we said, you know, that's a 10 year goal. And lo and behold, she believed in us. And she said, during the pandemic, let's do this. And so my wife and I were like, yeah, let's go for this. So we spent all wow. of lockdown and the pandemic to like looking for spaces until we found the one spot at Young and Rosedale and it's only been five months, but we're so grateful. It's brand, brand new. Nice. It's just, Congrats, it's brand man. new. The concept is, thank you. The concept is old, but the physical space itself is brand new. So it's been nice. a beautiful oh. journey on that side. Nice. And you mentioned one of your students, it, it, yes. did that student become your business partner? Is that the... Yes, exactly. Got you. Okay. So she, she was a student of ours for a couple of years and it's crazy because like, you know, we were only focused on just beginners, like trying to introduce hip hop and just dancing in general to the average person. So she came through mm. and she just loved the concept and she loved everything that she kept on coming back. Right. Wow. And it came to the point that she just believed in what we were doing and wanted to help us succeed. So she became part of the team. She became part of the family. That's big. That's nice. Nice. Congrats again, man. Big. Thank you. Um, 
Cool. So I mentioned something kind of just about like commercial dance spots and kind of the norm and, you know, that side of things. I'm sure there's a lot of carryover between dance and other parts of music, um, performance, recording and all that. I think we all struggle with the same thing of trying to keep it real. Uh, So what sort of what sort of defines like keeping it real in the dance space and what do you bring that's a little different or very different from other studios? Okay, you know, like, okay, I like using this analogy of, like, comparing Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, right? So it's like you have K-Dot, who started off as conscious rap, and then you had J. Cole that started off as mainstream. And then they did this little switch where it's like J. Cole's now conscious and Kendrick became mainstream. But there's a point where they're both in the middle, right? So the way I look at, the way I look at when it comes to dance studios or, like, just how we bring forth, um more of the cultural side of hip-hop is more of really explaining it explaining all our style like all our teachers are qualified like og teachers and what i mean by that is like they've spent decades they've spent oh there's we have some ogs like some of our mentors are our teachers too um so what i mean by that is that like every teacher depending the style the genre um is actually I would say, in my opinion, is a master at this style, or they have put so many years in this style that they really understand, like, the history aspect, how to really teach it properly to the average person. Um, can they enter a battle and slap someone? One thousand percent, they could do that too, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. and like the one thing. So when it comes to RTF, we really focus on really educating the average person on the culture of hip hop. So mm. when it comes to like, let's say our 90s or 80s social party groups, where do these moves come from? All right, who are your three founders of hip hop? Okay, we have Grandmaster Flash, African Bombada, DJ Cool Hertz. Boom, they understand that. What are the five okay. pillars of hip hop? And keep on going so and so. So it's like, if you were trying, oh, we try and go very deep, but it's also because for us, hip hop is also a culture, right? It's like you right. can't just be teaching the style without really giving the why, right? We need to right. give the reasons as to why this thing is. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's like the more we explain the cultural side, the more our students and our clientele appreciate it. So then you get that kind of respect going hand in hand, right? Right, yeah. right, right. And at the same time, it's okay. like, uh, I would say too, it's like the more we explain and educate them, then I feel like the art form is respected as well. Because, well, within like the dance industry, we get a lot of funny inquiries where it's like, can you do a 20 minute dance routine? Next thing you know, you're only getting paid $25 and you're like, that's not <laughs> working within this society, right? So right, the more right, we, right. we educate them, they respect it, they understand the approach, they understand the craft, they respect right. the craft. And then from there, it's just, we all going up, so... Gotcha. That's yeah. dope. Okay. Wow. And it's interesting just understanding the five elements of hip hop. I almost want to put Anthony on the spot and ask him if he knows them, but I, okay. I won't do that to my okay. brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a love hate here. I simply um, asked if you could pronounce the man's last name, and now you're ready. No, I'm just <laughs> Shots fired. Shots um, fired. Yeah, no, no, no. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> but obviously, in in educating and implementing in the elements of hip hop into, you know, your company, has there been any type of, um, not resistance, but just challenges in the educating process when you're dealing with new clients, especially in the downtown area? Do they, is there like, 
I don't know what I'm really trying to ask is, is there like any frustrations that you have when dealing solely in hip hop compared to other, you know, genres of music? You know what? That's a very interesting question. Like, cause we actually had that conversation when we were first thinking of the idea, That's, right? Like yeah. when we're like, okay, RTF is a six week beginner hip hop right. program where we try and explain that side. So when yeah. it now became, when we shifted it to now a physical space, we really had to think about that where it's like, are we just going to be strictly hip hop and street mm. styles? Or are we going to incorporate other styles? Right. And so we had to ask a bunch of our friends, like people that run companies that run dance events within the dance community. We're like, is this the right thing to do? Is this just putting us in a box and that right. we can't expand yeah, exactly. in any way, right? Yeah. yeah. So at first it's like, theoretically, um, everyone was like, you know what, just do something that's different. Yeah. Like what makes you different from any other studio? Cause there's so many studios that offer all genres, but right, how many right. studios truly offer hip hop and street styles alone. So right. we had to ask our mentors, like some of them that have been dancing for more than 30 years. Right. Yeah. And then we're like, is this the right thing for us? And they said, heck yeah. So we're like, mm. okay, let's go with this. Like um, but now we've learned that Yes, we do have our hip hop and street style classes, but we're slowly offering other things like other gotcha. genres and bringing that within the space. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to mainly focus on this, but we like to bring other styles in, whether it's contempt, whether it's just simple choreography or the commercial side, because we still want to cater to our community, the community we came from, that commercial, right. those like advanced dancers, they like having all these different things and different styles so that they can like develop their skills as well. So we don't want to like put everyone in a box and just say right. hip hop only, but like give mm -hmm. them the opportunity to learn. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think there's benefits in learning or understanding some of the other dance styles that you could kind of come into hip hop a little bit easier? Or do you think that if you know hip hop, trans it translates easier into other forms of style? I'm asking ignorantly because I don't know. I've never danced yeah. or tried to dance like that. But y'all should come I wonder through. If... The class is on the house. I got you. I got oh, you. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll be there. He'll be there. <laughs> It's been documented. Um, one thing that I like, so when it comes to, I'd say more of the commercial side of hip hop. Yeah. So that's what you see, like, let's say High School Musical, like all these Disney movies, this and that. Right. There is a combination of like a lot of hip hop dancers that do it, okay. but they have a technical background, right? So right. they've studied jazz, they've studied this and that, like they studied contempt, and they've incorporated the strengths or whatever they learn in these uh, these other styles and brought into their hip hop foundation. I'd say it's the same thing for, and that's what we've been seeing a lot. It's like, we'll get a lot of kids that came from studios come through our doors and be like, Hey, like I heard y'all are dope. And like, this is the spot, but I want to really train on this. And we see that they've mm. implemented what they've learned from other studios into the style that they're now learning. And they see, gotcha. you could see like a little fusion kind of thing happening, but still at the same time, it's like, um, I would say, all styles, I feel like all styles just has their own technique, but if you know how to like incorporate little things from each one, you can technically make your own style out of it. Right, whether it's yeah. like fully hip hop with a little bit of contempt or whether it's contempt with a little bit of hip hop, mm -hmm. everything just intertwines in its way, kind of a thing. Got you. Okay. Kind of Reimagining ideas, I guess, and bringing them together in a way. One thou. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And I actually, I really, really love the fact that you all sat down and talked and decided, I mean, you got advice to and sought out counsel, but decided to stay true to sort of, you know, your real true passion and where your love is. A lot of people, even early on in like starting a business, take other influences and maybe popular opinion, what other people are doing, kind of pivot and switch away from what really got them started. Can that's the unique selling point for you. And also just being able to bring that into the marketplace is huge. Um, now, sure. I was talking to our mutual connection, Kari, about this. And one oh, of the things the that Dariki and I are working on, yeah, she's dope, man. She's a big supporter of the podcast and awesome. Shout out to Kari. Um, Dariki and I are working on Black Music Canada. We're part of this organization. And part of what we're doing in the music space and our aim is to sort of uh, pay tribute to the the work that's been done in music in Canada before us. And I think it's really important that you're not just starting off with where we are now and jumping back two years to the dances that we're in, but you're taking them all the way back to the beginning of hip hop and integrating that. The education piece is what kind of over time you lose the culture without that history. Right. So it's very important to tie that sure. in, even though it's fun. So I just wanted to give you a big shout out on that. I really love that, man. That's dope. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, just on that, what are kind of like five months in, what are your like next year plans of development <laughs> growth? Whoa. Uh, we just recently got a new full-time manager. So hey, adding a new person on the team, it's like, nice. thank you. It, it's going to be cool. I know my wife or the set, I'd say for like when anybody talks about RTF, yep. they only see my face, but I like always mentioning my wife, Nicole, because I'm like the spirit of RTF, but my wife is the brains, you know, uh, she's the one yep. that like, she will, she's more like Tony Stark and right, then right. I'm Captain America, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, or, nah, you know what? I'm Chadwick Boseman, you know, I, I'll be Wakanda <laughs> forever every day. So like, but like, she will be the one to like. I have like these ideas in my head and she'll just bring them to fruition or she'll give an opinion being like, all right, let's do it this way. Oh, you want a more corporate version? I, I got you. And I'm like, yeah, bet. let's do this. Um, need that. But going back to your question about, Oh, sorry. What was the question? Just, again? Well, just, just some, some of the things to look forward to some of the short term goals and plans, I guess. Uh, so one thing that we're really trying to do, especially because this is hip hop's 50th anniversary, right? It's such a trippy thing to even think about that hip hop is that young, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only been 50 years, right? Wow. So we're thinking of doing a show. However, we're going to push our show into April. And okay. what we're trying to do is because RTF always started off as a program, we bring back that aspect within the studio where we still continue our programs that introduce people into getting into dance, whether it be hip hop or any other genre. So what we're right. trying to do this, I'd say this upcoming year going into is we're going to introduce all our programs again, but this time it brings itself into an actual production. So RTF is in the works right mm -hmm. now of trying to do a hip hop production, not like Hamilton. Okay. So don't think that okay, Hamilton right, kind okay. of vibe, but more like yeah, but yeah. strictly hip hop and that it's really educational, but also entertaining to the average person while also giving opportunities to our students to be a part of this. So that's what, that's, that's the next thing that's like coming yeah, up. Yeah, it's awesome. It's going to be a that's big exciting. one, but it's stressful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. I could imagine. Wow. So speaking about just Canadian history, 
I'm also curious just if you know much about the hip-hop dance history of, you know, Toronto and what that scene was like maybe even like 10 years ago or when you started to seeing its evolution now, you know? Like, can you talk yeah. about a little bit of like what your, not maybe not your specific journey, but the overall, you know, history of Toronto dance and hip-hop in Canada, specifically Toronto, where you're from? Specific, so I was, I was technically born in Montreal, um, but oh, then I moved oh, to bonjour. Toronto. Oh. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> but, but then I actually moved to Toronto, I'd say it was Christmas 99. So I've been here for like almost like my entire life. Yeah. yeah right, right. right. So I'm like officially a Toronto kid, like lived in Scarborough for a second. I was like, ooh. And then next thing you know, we moved ooh, to. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Not well. I lived on. I don't know if you know like your Scarborough neighborhoods, but I lived in Galloway. It was like such a hood street. Like yeah, I went back a few times like and I was like, "Oh, this Jamaica, is dangerous." Oh, and then what's funny <laughs> is that instead, like from moving from Scarborough, we moved to Rexdale. So it's like I went to the next hood, and so for yeah, me, yeah, it was like <laughs> I'd say <laughs> it was just hood, hood, hood everywhere. But what I'd yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. like living in both neighborhoods, obviously it has such a big Jamaican community. Um, I would right, say yeah. just such a big immigrant community. Like there's so many different cultures True. on both sides. So for yeah, me yeah. being growing up in Rexdale, I remember like our teacher would turn on the radio during class. And next thing you know, the first thing we're listening to is 93.5. We're, we're listening right. to Flow. And I remember yeah. this is also the era of like 50 Cent just popping off. T.I. Right. popping right. off with trap yeah. music. Lil Wayne's yeah. coming out. So I remember like being a kid listening to like many men and just feeling powerful and being like, right, wish right. death upon me. I'm yeah. like, gang, 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 everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, um, so where I grew up, there was a lot more dance hall crews. Uh, so yeah. not strictly hip hop. There was a lot more dance hall crews that did hip hop as well. So right, some of them, right. I'd say one of them, they were called Back to Basics. Another one was called Rated Inc. We had one called Mad Skills. They lived in my neighborhood okay. and in my okay. building. And Mad Skills was like the one that I remember being like, my. I'd say from my opinion, or like just from what I witnessed, they were one of the first that I was like, whoa, they went overseas. Cause I remember they went on mm. 106 of Park, did the, the spring oh. fling battles yeah, yeah. and they won. And then yeah. lo and behold, they're now in like Rihanna's music videos. Like they're now yeah, in, yeah, and right. they were in like Sean Paul's because Rihanna and Sean Paul were doing all their music videos in Toronto too, right? True, so, true. Yeah. so that's where I was like, yeah, I remember yeah. like growing up seeing that. So now when it comes to knowing like when hip hop started in Toronto, mm -hmm. that's where I had to ask like my mentors. So one of my gotcha. our mentors, his name is Mariano, AKA Glizzy. Um, he started in the eighties uh, oh. and he used to grow up not in Rexdale, but more like on the West side, like he was closer to like Jane and Runnymede area. Okay. So okay. he would like always go into battles. His other crewmate, um, his name is Pyro was part of a b-boy crew called twisted ankles Oof. they were a high school they were a high school b-boy crew down like in south etobicoke and okay. the stories they would share with me is that like you know like we have the six boroughs it was like before the internet was a thing 
um, if you ever went to like a battle or like a jam, you can tell a Scarborough dancer was different from a North York dancer. A North York dancer danced differently from a Etobicoke dancer. Like they all danced differently. Wow. So what was the, he was what like were some sharing, of the differences? Though? Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, between aggression, stylistic wise, like how you interpreted the music. You can tell if somebody was like mm. musicality inclined, like, oh, you dance with so-and-so. Oh, if you did a specific move that was meant from this neighborhood, okay or like this area it's like okay you dance from them or it's like when it comes to and it's like very similar also with like the commercial dance scene if i were to go to new york or Mm -hmm. if i were to go to la somebody would look at me it's like oh you're from toronto and it's like why because you're just raw and rugged like you're not Mm. a clean like line dancer you're the type that's like you have that flavor and just rawness with you and i'm like oh thank you got you you know it's like it's a it's a it's a thing like that so same thing with so same thing with like toronto's like street dance when it came to like the b-boys um that side everyone had their own style and so yeah They'd come to places like the Masonic Temple being one place, or they'd go to mm. like Lee's Palace for jams and stuff, or they would go. There used to be another place on Queen and Bathurst that they were sharing with me. There was like they said all these different places, government obviously, right? Yeah, or, obviously. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you had to have the battles there too, and like yeah. little, I was lucky enough to be in a, like to be at some of those at Gov before they tore it down. So. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, a lot of those guys, a lot of those cats would be the ones that like end up being in like Chaos's music videos or Maestro West Fresh's right. music videos, right? Like yes. some of them are still dancing with him now, and they're like his right. homeboys, right? So um, that's just a little bit of like the history side to it. That's now good, huh? it's yeah, now it's like everyone just because of like the birth of social media, the internet, you get information anywhere, so it's easy for you to just okay take from there take from there yeah. just create your own thing so in the different yeah. cultures and kind of embrace that too different 1, yeah that's uh yeah that's really cool i'm just like thinking of <laughs> just like trying to picture like the differences just in the movement and like you said the ruggedness and aggression i guess it's something yeah. that i've never directly considered well in music yes but specifically to dance no so that's really cool that I mean, you can recognize that and others recognize that in you. Um, so For sure. I guess kind of on that, kind of not, I don't know. Um, when you hear a song, I'm now switching over to your choreographer hat. When you hear a okay. song, right? For someone, I guess, ignorant like me or uh, double left footed like Dariki, I wonder. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Shots fired again. <laughs> that was, that was, that was the last one. Out for me today. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out without smiling. I'm joking. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. You're two left. I'm two right. We're a perfect match, man. We got this together. Wow. Okay, um, okay. But when you hear a song, people yeah. like us, like, what's the process in now taking the music, maybe the lyrics, both? I'm not sure how it works. You'll probably have to tell us and turning that into an interpretation by a movement. That's a good question. Yeah, like I can't even begin. Like I wouldn't even know where step one is. Because even as a songwriter, it's so crazy. You never really approach anything the same. Like you might write a chorus and then take the chorus and run with a verse or, you know, go get a bridge. And so it's there's no like set routine for writing a song. So I wonder with choreography, do you hear something in the song that makes me go, oh, this move? Or is it like you listen to the whole song? feel the song and then what 
whatever you're feeling, you kind of start then, maybe we should go. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass, but oh, yeah. maybe, no, no, no. I am you're, curious. You're, 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 you're making sense. You're making sense. Okay, okay. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if there is some translation there between, you know, the chaos of writing a song and, you know, trying to come up with some choreography after hearing and trying yeah. to interpret that song. And just to expand on that tiny bit, because not only are you making the moves for yourself, Sometimes you probably have like 30, 40, like it's a whole stage production it's of different moving parts. Right. My mind's yeah, blown just, th- I'm scared of your answer. Oh, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say, well, one thing I've been fortunate enough, uh, one of my best friends, he's like a classical singer and also he has his master's in conducting. Oh, so like he's okay. an actual maestro. So right. we always have... Before, like, before opening the studio, we'd always do this thing, like, at least once a week, we'd meet up and just switch ideas, like, him coming from a classical background and me coming from my hip-hop side. He, mm. But also, like, don't get me wrong, he was also a hip-hop dancer at one point, but then oh, okay. he focused more on, like, the music side of everything. Gotcha. So whenever we're talking, he'd give me, like, little tips here and there. He'd, like, say, oh, yeah, today, as a tenor, I had to, I had to sing this high or... You know, I wasn't breathing enough. I was breathing from my gut compared to breathing from my chest. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. it's similar with, and then like, we like keep on switching. So one thing that he was explaining when it came to music for him, um, singers see colors. So when they're singing a song, like when you sing a note, mm-hmm. the, the sound waves would bring out a color. So what I tried to start doing was bring out a color first. Uh, because tech, okay. uh, theoretically, when it comes to dancers, we'll see shapes. Singers hmm. will see colors. So I like to try and challenge myself. Instead of just seeing the shape, I want to see what the mood would be first. So what's the tone of that? And then stick okay. to that. Now, when we get more complex, it's like, all right, there's my vocals. There's the actual instrumentals. But even within the instrumentals, how many different sounds are playing at once, right? There's so many layers to a track. Yeah. So knowing exactly. So if I... If I were to use, um, I always obviously, like if it was a boom bap track, you start with your bass on your one, two, one, two, constantly going, right? So that's where, okay. you know, a little baby is like bouncing up and down. Like that's our, it's our innate thing to do as kids. Like you always just bop your right. head or you tap your toes. All right, that's the first beat. What's the next okay. layer that you hear? Boom, I go on that. That's me just like, just, and like differentiating the different layers in the song. Um, okay. But sometimes it's for me i'm always instrumental first then lyric second got you okay because like if the if the beat slaps oh that's it's game over i'm going in but then sometimes like if the lyrics are just are just hitting you a different way that's where you're like okay let me listen to what this person is trying to trying to like send out as a message and let me try and respond this message through body movement so now this is where i'm this is where I'm looking at it in two different ways. The first way is dance is a second language. It's body language, mm, right? right? Yeah. And then the other side is, all right, let me, okay, if I have the body language, all right, let's switch it now to the more dancer visual side. Let's make this very visually pleasing Yeah. and then switching back and forth. So sometimes I'll just start just like, all right, let me move as if I was like Miguel or let me move as if I was future. If I was future, I know I'll be going crazy right now. Right. So it's like, and like how I do that is I just, I just move around and that that's where like the term freestyling happens where it's just like free movement and see what happens in there. Um, 
Now, when it comes to, let's say, you were saying there's 30, 40 dancers. Right. Obviously, it's like, this is where you could be very, like, complex and make every, like, you could, like, divide, like, if there's 30 dancers, divide into five sections. Okay. So then you have six dancers for each section. All right, so you have one section of dancers that are dancing on the bass. And, like, now you're treating it like an orchestra. Mm, or, gotcha. or, like, a whole gotcha. band, right? Yeah, so yeah. that, like, now everyone is visually bringing out, visually bringing out the, the song, okay. but also, like, they're, like, um, they're sonically making the sound come to life so you could like hear what they're dancing to but visually yeah. see it at the same time right because i remember one of my mentors or one of my teachers they said visually we see things fast obviously the speed of light is so fast but the speed of sound is slower so you got to slow down everything you do to match the sound and try and make that sound come to life slow the crap down right. so that's one thing that he would share <laughs> um and then there's moments where, like, if I'm, like, if I have to create, like, a dance class combo, I, I'd, I'd be on the TTC. And I, I used to reach to a point where it's, like, now I could just write down keywords, and that's the move itself. Oh, so, like, okay. if... And that's where I feel like my inner Drake comes out, where I was, like, right. you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm about to get in the booth. I just have my phone, and I'm, like, all right, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Like, I know what it is. Wow. But that's from, like, constant training of, like, all right, yeah, you got to create a dance piece in like five minutes and that's what my mentors used to do They'd be like all right you got five minutes create like four counts of eight or something like that right, right. Or like 16 bars do it now and you're like oh stressful but wow it's cool that is really cool man it's uh the creative process it's just it's fun for us to just listen to like how different people and different aspects are different um yeah different parts of the music uh interpret oh, yeah. and bring to life and when you were talking about like bass hitting on the whatever it is on the on the beat, um, does it come into play? Like I imagine, I had a, it's like a visual of like dancing and like the heavy moves, like an aggressive song where the bass is really hitting. What does it do if you're doing that in a room where the bass is thin, like as far as what you're hearing, it's not really hitting? Does that change the impact of the moves? Because I feel like they go hand in hand, but. I don't know. They do they do go hand in hand, but it also like you can also make it as an oxymoron, right? Because right, it's right. like I hear it, but you're not hitting it, which screws people up, right? Like right. It, it screws the person watching being like, "Wait a minute, did you just go the opposite?" Uh, right? But that comes for like advanced dancers too. Right. Where it's like I could watch someone do something and do the total opposite and now my mind is blown cuz I'm like, "I didn't, didn't think you'd be." That. Like, I didn't expect it at all. Right. Um, but also just going back to what you were saying with everything else, like, this is more of, like, my process now. Everyone right. has, like, True. all different artists and all sure. movers have different process. Some people like to journal everything down first. Mm. This is what I'm feeling, while others just, like, I just need to throw myself move. and move or, yeah. like, be in a dark room and just move or something, wow. right? So everyone has their own ways. This is just my way of, like, when I, like, creating absolutely no, that makes sense it. i uh i did some i did a rabbit i went down a rabbit hole on instagram and uh one of the hip-hop dancers that i actually like now am obsessed with there's actually two of them lay twins i'm sure you've heard of them yeah and oh, yeah, um, those two i didn't realize i thought they were american i didn't realize they were french no, i should have known i should have <laughs> known but um <laughs> lay twins but um, can you speak on just the popularity of hip hop music to like 
like they they were in Beyonce, like they've worked with Beyonce, they've worked with tremendous, tremendous people. So I wonder if you can kind of maybe just share with some people just the commercial success that hip hop dancing has really seen in the last 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Because to have a oh, shop yeah. downtown Toronto, to see guys, prominent hip hop dancers that are like really, really well known. There's a couple others I'm sure you know better than I do, but it's pretty impressive to see what they've been able to do and the popularity that they have just based off of hip hop dance. So, I mean, in, when we were growing up, we saw movies and then it kind of dwindled away. Like hip hop yeah. was really prominent in movies. You got served, oh, yeah. you know, oh, all of those. Save the last dance. We can keep on going. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you, you really got to see it at a moment when it was kind of already, you know, commercially successful. So I wonder where do you see, you know, hip hop dance going in the next 10 to 15, 25 years? You know what? Oh, that's a very good question. Yeah, because I remember, well, one thing I like, I it's very interesting how you, you brought up like you got served and stuff up <laughs> and like, like, and save the last dance because those movies are a part of like <laughs> our generation and like right, my right. childhood too. Exactly. Like I remember like watching you got served and I'm like, I'm gonna learn everything. <laughs> like I want to learn the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Or like, but it's, it's the same thing, like, those movies came out, and then I remember there was a point, like, Chris, like, Seabreezy, Omarion, MJ, like, watching them dance, and you're yeah. like, I want to dance like you. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. move. And then everyone was moving like Chris Brown or MJ or Usher. For like, sure. For you had sure. to. If you wanted yeah. to get the girls at the, like, at the jam, like, you had to, like, yeah, yeah. do, I don't know, your chest pop or, like, breakthrough uh, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Like or wear like the eight the A town chain and just like let it spin right, around. Right, right, right. Right. That's funny. Uh, me and Ricky, just, me and Ricky just stood <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, we just watch, we'd watch guys like you. It yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd enjoy but it from afar. <laughs> what I think happened. What is very interesting, I think, because there's a few things. Okay. Like, so you think he can dance? Happened. America's right. Best yes. Dance Crew happened. Mm. Who would have thought that putting on a mask would be the coolest thing right, ever? Being right. a Jabberwocky, Jabberwocky right? right? Like, forgot about that. It's them. the accessibility of seeing these things come to life, right? Yeah. So it's like you see it on TV. Once you see it on TV, obviously the world's the like the world is yours. Yeah. So yeah. I think now and then, yeah, I think dance just kept on like building and building and building and building and building. Yeah. Now we're at a point that dance. I think with the birth of TikTok, for example. Yeah. Yep. I hate TikTok. My wife loves TikTok. Like we, we always fair, split heads. Fair, fair. But and like but we have like we have our TikTok channel together and I'm like, but gotta do it, gotta like do it. you yeah. gotta get it. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, fine, Mur. I'll do it. I'm like I'm just like mean mugged in the I'm just like yeah. my face is frowning and I'm right, doing right. it with her. I'm giving cut eye and she's like everyone's like, Why isn't he having fun? Kind of a thing. But just seeing like how TikTok has made dance accessible, mm, right. right? Now, at first we thought TikTok was for kids, like for the past, like pre-pandemic, everyone's like, oh, go on TikTok. I'm like, am I 12? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm not going to yeah, go on yeah. this. <laughs> but then like, obviously the pandemic came and who would have known that this platform would have become one of the most powerful tools ever. I think it was also just coming from, uh, I'd say it's more of... The attention span, right? Because yes. it was like what, yeah, like twenty second, yeah, like twenty second videos, and it kept like going from Vine to Instagram to TikTok. Like we saw that switch happen, 
Yeah. Where it's like your attention span and how much information is being thrown at you kept on like it, get, it kept on getting shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shorter and shorter and shorter. So content wise, everything is like, all right, let's make the most impactful 10 seconds of your life. Switch it. Keep on switching. <laughs> so yeah. now seeing, I think what's going to happen in the next 10 years, I hope it works. I hope it, it gets to that point is that dance has become, I hate the word normalized. But I think it just becomes to a point that now you don't have to post up against the wall with like a beer in your hand right, and not right. feel crazy that you could do like two step. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. If yeah. That that's technically the goal of RTF. That's been our goal. Like, if we were being like, I was sharing this with Nicole, and it's cool because she like she knows it too, and she's like, "Don't say this on the interview," and I'm like, "No, nah, I'm gonna say it anyway." <laughs> my check. But it's like, but it's like I think. Um, dance is going to become the next jogging. Oh. What I mean by that, and what I mean by dance becoming the next jogging is that jogging was always considered a practice for Olympians, for professional athletes to prepare. Uh, they were to prepare for competition, for any event. Mm, it right. was their way of training, right? Yeah. Now you can walk down the street. Somebody, You could just leave your place, put on shoes, and jog down the street, and nobody would care because you're just jogging. Right. right back in the days everyone was jogging you're like oh you're getting ready for a match oh you're right, getting right. ready for something mm -hmm. yeah think about like rocky, rocky yeah Rocky's like running yeah. or creed oh the first creed when he's like running with all the philly mans Woo, that was powerful <laughs> but like they get in like they were getting he was getting ready for his comp oh, like getting ready for his match right yeah, that yeah, was his yeah. way of training right. so now if we're looking at dance before like before I dance, it's like if I were to dance at a club or at a bar, everyone's like, Whoa, are you a professional dancer? Right. Now it should come to a point it's like I should see everyone dancing or just even a simple two step. There's nothing wrong with like looking crazy and ugly on the dance floor. Right. It's okay. therapeutic, it's beautiful, it's a vibe. And I know people are salty when they see a bunch of dancers dancing because we're all vibing. So right, you should right. just Good jump times. in and join us, right? Yeah. So Going back to tick, like I yeah, I feel like that's what's gonna happen in the next decade or so. Crossing fingers that everyone just wants to move, and it's like it's okay, it's mm. cool, it it doesn't it matter. Moves. It's like it's just normal, it's chill. It's like yeah, yeah do your simple two step. I'm not trying to battle you. You're having fun. So I shouldn't <laughs> yeah, judge you. Like you know what I mean? Wow, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, appreciate the invitation. Uh, <laughs> oh, got you. Got on behalf you. of all of us, we will be two stepping. <laughs> At any hey. any possible moment, yeah, I'm ready to go right now. Just two step. That's all you need to that's do. That's it, man. It takes that's me back. Did you guys to. watch Hitch? Remember that one? Oh Hitch. my yeah, god, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was where it started. Just there was a sprinkler. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to teach him all these dance moves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, man. That's where I got a couple of my moves from, and also oh, the Q -tip? a couple of styles. Yeah, Q -tip. Yeah. Throw it away. Teach him how to dress too. I got out that blazer and the jeans. That's where that came from for me, but uh. I'm going in a whole different circle. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Ricky. Save me. Uh, no problem. I'll save you, buddy. <laughs> but um, we we kind of touched on you know your migration into Toronto and mm. being exposed to them, but we didn't really talk about your early beginnings into dance. And I'm curious as to what made you fall in love with dance in the first place, and if wow. you could maybe break down you know your introduction to dance and and how that how that really. It went from being a dancer to being a business owner of a dance studio. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So I come from a family of immigrants. Uh, my mom's Filipino and my dad's Ghanaian, so he comes from Ghana. So, ah, okay. okay. 
So obviously both cultures is always like if I go to a fam jam, if I go to like any event on either side, there's yeah. always dancing involved. Gotcha. Whether it's like a Christmas family party at a church basement or it's my cousin's baptism, there's dancing. Okay. It would be like on the Filipino side, there'd always be like somebody that puts like a performance on for some weird reason. And they're like, <laughs> oh, this is sick. And like they dance right. like aqua or something, right? Okay. Um, for Ghanians, it was just like, I remember like skimming through like old like family footage of like my baptism and like seeing my dad and my mom dancing. And mm-hmm. like going, like coming from like a Ghanian perspective, I remember a lot of events, it'd always be like, you're at the hall, you're at the event, mm-hmm. everyone talks to each other, everyone's dancing, everyone sits down, eats, get some drinks, go back on the dance floor, sit down, eat some more, drink some more, go back on the dance floor, kept on right. going like that yes. repetition. Yeah. Um, so that's where my intro to, well, I'd say like the cultural side of both dance wise was like a big thing to me. Yes. Um, my love for music came from my dad who used to be a radio host in Montreal. So he used oh, to okay. host his own radio station. Nice. Um, and it was based on like Afro and reggae. Those were like the two things mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember just seeing a bunch of cassette tapes everywhere, just being like, all right, let me take the pencil and just. At the same, but when it comes to dance, I was introduced dance from my sisters. So I have four sisters. Oh, Three wow. of them are. 10 years older than me so growing up i remember like they were in hip-hop crews in montreal okay so seeing them like just dance was always a thing i was like okay obviously being the only boy in the family i'm like nah i ain't doing that that's yeah yeah yeah. right right right. so so it's like yeah that that gender norm where it's like you know boys play sports girls dance was a, a big thing and like Mm-hmm. I'd say just in society, like a societal status. Um, sure. But it wasn't, I'd say my love for dance didn't start until like, I'd say grade eight, grade nine, when I got to Toronto, like when I got to high school, where I was a part of a youth group. And in that youth group, they had a dance competition. So I okay. entered, I auditioned for the, the team, made yeah. the team, boom, we came in second. Yes, it was you go, sick. Guys. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And, but then grade nine was, I'd say my first year in high school, I literally pulled a high school musical. So uh-huh. I was Troy Bolton. So <laughs> going into school, going into school, I was on like the ball team. I was on all the sports team. But low key, I was also on the dance. Oh, right, 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 Not right. I, a lot of my crewmates went to that same high school and they were all older than me. So it's like, okay, I got these guys that can look. They can like watch out for me if anything stupid were to happen. Right, right, school, right, right. Yeah. Um, cause you know, like that's what it was. Like, oh, you're a dancer, lame. Like, obviously, you're gonna get your yeah. ass whooped. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah, no. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was just a, a different time. time. Yeah. It was a very different time. So I'd be like, yeah, you know, I don't dance. And then I remember it was literally like end of the year. They had a talent show. And one, uh, I didn't want to dance in it because I was like, not in high school. I'm not doing this. Mm, like, yeah, obviously, yeah. at the youth group, 1,000%. Like, right, let's right. do it there. So one of the dancers couldn't make it. So then they asked me, they're like, hey, do you want to dance in this? And I said, I like, I knew the whole routine. And I was very skeptical. But I was like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know. And they all just said, just do it. Like, jump in. All right. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, fine. Don't do it. And I was like, you yeah. know what? Screw it. I'll do it. And I just remember like the first 
10 seconds our first song was caught up by usher okay uh. and then i remember everyone's like we're in like a silhouette we're all frozen and all i hear somebody go is that Aaron? And I was like, shit. <laughs> uh, and that, that was literally enough. the Troy Bolton moment. Everyone's like, oh, shoot. But like, what was cool, it's like, I thought I would get my, like, I thought I would get beat up in all these things, yeah. but it did the total opposite. Like, all the all my boys are rating me for it. They're like, yo, like, you, you're smooth with it. Like, you're right, saying right. all the girls are like, oh my gosh, he's a dancer yeah. too. Like, you yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. so it actually worked out. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I didn't, so like obviously high school, we ended up creating like our own crews, became a dancer, trained a little bit in other styles, like one being the street style called Crump. That's like my favorite style. Mm, right. Um, when I got to post-secondary, this is where I went to TMU. It was Ryerson back in the days. I still like calling it Ryerson because it sounds nice than TMU. <laughs> um, uh, but that's where... I'd say I was introduced to like more of the hip hop side where they had this one student union called the urban hip hop union. And that's where I was like also introduced to so many other dancers where I was like, I thought I was the king of my school, not knowing I'm like, Oh, there's other schools and there's other people that can dance better than you. And wow. you're like, okay, let's do Exposure. this. Yeah. And that's where it's like, I met a lot of my friends, um, some that I'm still very close to, to this day. Um, and I was also introduced to the commercial world at the same time. So by the mm. time I was 19, I was asked to do some commercial, like be a part of the, the industry, like not staff, but like industry, like shows. And that's okay. where my eyes were wide open. Like my third eye opened. I was like, wow. I was so used to high school crews and like going to other high schools and battling yep. and like performing at their talent shows that like, I didn't know that there was this entire other side of this world, which right. is like, yeah, all these professional dancers, are dope and you're crap and you're like okay i need a train right, um right. so from there that's where i was introduced to like the commercial world and at the same time being immigrant parents you know i had to make the decision do i want to focus on my studies and cancel dance right. and it was like yeah focus on your studies for a bit yeah and got a degree on teaching um that's French nice. studies was my big thing. Became a teacher for like five years. Wow. Nice. I was a I was a French teacher in the elementary school. Wow. Um and then I decided to make the switch where I was like, you know what? My wife and I both had full time nine to five jobs and we're like, let's become artists because we were trying to pull this whole Batman situation or Superman. Like yeah. during the day we're professional like nine to fivers at night, I'm like in AF ones with the most baggage yeah. clothes yeah. and I'm yeah. dancing. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, yeah. and yeah. then keep on doing that cycle Moonlighting, every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So it was like for us, that's when we made the choice. It's like, all right, let's do this full time. And that's where the birth of RTF came to be. Love that's it. where I started teaching a lot more in different places and trained a lot more through different companies. And when did that switch there, happen for you? Like when, what year was that? Was that pre-COVID? I would say, yeah, that was pre-COVID. The switch where we wanted to become full-time, I wouldn't say like full-time artists, but not Okay, when I say full-time artist, I'm not talking about full-time starving artists. Like, right, of course, like, yes. We had to be smart about it. It's like, all right, if yeah. we're making this much in a nine-to-five and we want to do the switch, how do we do that? Right. Okay, right. make sure that the exact income we're making can happen within our artist world. Right, So yeah. my wife being the genius she is, she was like, all right, let's do this. Let's plan it out. When you when I make the switch, you make the switch after. Mm, right, cool. got you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the switch happened around twenty, 
I'd say like 2016, 2017. Okay. okay. That's where the switch happened. Uh, gotcha. So yeah, I'd say between like 09 and 2015, it was like training, work, life, everything. The grind, yeah. Mixed into one. The grind was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag grind season. Um, but yeah, that, that was also the birth. So when we made the switch, it wasn't until I'd say like March of 2017 where we're like, this is the birth of RTF as well. Right. Okay. Nice. Congrats on all that, man. It's not easy to Thank pull you. off, as we know, um, especially when, I mean, things have changed now, um, but there was a time when just, like you said, going that creative, yeah. artistic route just seemed like you lost your mind, especially, yeah. not that everyone doesn't have skills to do multiple things, but especially when you kind of have really strong skills, like teaching, when you're gifted in other areas, thinking that yeah. you might throw that away, um, but I'm glad you've been mm-hmm. able to do that, and what one of the biggest I guess tricks to do pulling that off is is um, that we have transferable skills, and you've been able to take your teaching background and bring that into yep. this current business, and probably 1, you're probably percent. a lot better for it, to be honest. So oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that transition was the funniest. It was literally like I remember my first class I ever taught. It was Struggle City, Struggle and then City. somebody was like, "But well, aren't you a French teacher too?" And I was like. Oh yeah, I could use those <laughs> skills. <laughs> you know, I try. I split the two in half. I was uh, like, I didn't. I thought dance half. teacher is different from being an actual teacher. Right, right. But I didn't know it's like I could actually use the skills and everything I've learned and just incorporate it into my craft. But which is what you're saying. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, yeah. I should have done that from time. Like, why didn't I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to school for this. That's crazy. One thousand percent. I love it, man. I was laughing because as you were telling the story about dance not being cool when you were in high school, we had another conversation not too long ago with a gentleman who is a—he's an amazing violinist. He's had a crazy career. Same thing. Violin wasn't cool when we were growing up. He was hiding that thing away. And I know Dariki had a story about a club that he was in back then. Also, it's just, <laughs> I'm glad we are here where we are now, where uh, some of these creative arts are widely accepted. And we probably have normalized, become, like yeah. normalized really and not normalized. even, we've become the envy of a lot of people who just don't have either the confidence, well, the courage, or the background to pull it off in the way that we all do. So here's one for us, guys. Thanks point. so much for joining us today, man. Before you go, Definitely shout out your appreciate socials, really your website, uh, the, the the new company. spot, um, let people oh, know where to find you, where to join spot. up, all that good stuff. Sick. All right. So this is Aaron Aquino, Annabelle. Uh, if you want to find me or my company called Run the Flex, you could check on Instagram at run, R-U-N, the F-L-E-X for flex. You know, you got to flex those biceps. Um, you could also check our website, which is www.runtheflex.com. That's where you can find all our info about our classes, prices, all that. We're located at nine, uh, 893 Young Street. All right, so that's north of Davenport. Young and Davenport or Young and Rosedale. You cannot miss it. There's going to be a sign that says Run the Flex Dance Studio. You know that's us. We're on the second floor. We got y'all covered. And yeah, thank you too for having me on this. Thank you, man. Appreciate and it, and man. just to make thank sure, you. I know that there's a, probably like a discomfort for people like myself who aren't prone to dance. Dariki and I will make a point of coming through at some point um, just because through. I feel like it's something that will, uh, I don't know, either it's going to embarrass us and we'll make us stronger that way or we'll have some moves to show off at our family functions. But uh, yeah, thanks, to man. Be honest, a little yeah. bit to be honest, it's like it's the space for anyone to make a mistake. Like think Magic School Bus, like make a mistake that's where you're learning and it's okay 
It'll fair enough, fair enough. I watched good. you try and teach Sid Sixero on the morning show, so I think we'll do a little bit better than him, Anthony. We're okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thank man. you so much, Aaron. We appreciate no it. Till next you. time, y'all. Thank you. Cheers. God bless. Take care.